This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, New Life. Boy, I am so excited to share this day with you. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life, and it is my privilege to guide us for the next 35 minutes or so as we continue to engage with God. And if it's your first time here, I want to say an extra special welcome to you. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm going to make my way out to Guest Central after the message is over. I would love to meet you, hear your story, hear what brought you to New Life, and just connect a little bit. And in fact, uh, we have a gift for you. Because we know that coming to a new place, coming to a new church, uh, taking next steps in your spiritual journey can be uh, a little bit intimidating sometimes. Gathering with a whole bunch of people can be a big step. And we want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting us enough to take this journey with us. And so when you head out to Guest Central, you'll see one of these bags inside of it. It's a whole bunch of good stuff for you. And this is just our way of saying thanks. So feel free to grab one of those on the way out. And I would just love to say hello. Well, one thing that you should know about us as a church is We believe that God knocked down any barrier and every barrier that would keep us from encountering him. And so as a church community, we desire to knock down any barrier that would keep you from encountering God. We believe that God wants to speak to you today, wants to meet with you today, has great plans for you today. And we want to knock down barriers that would keep us from being able to experience him. So I want to invite you, make yourself at home. Uh, Kick your shoes off if you want to. Grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and enjoy, because I believe God's going to speak to you this morning. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. And to get us there, you're going to want to grab a few tools out of your program. So inside of it, when you walked in, you should have grabbed one of these. Go ahead and grab this Start Here card. It's our communication card. It helps us stay connected to you, helps you stay connected to us and the things we're doing in our church and in the city and around the world. So if you just put your name on it, and if you're a guest with us today, your email address on it, that'd be fantastic. Uh, We're going to be using this a little bit later, but you don't have to do anything with this right now. But if I've gained your trust over the next half hour or so, I'm just going to ask you to drop this in a basket when it's passed. That's all you have to do. So go ahead and get that ready. The other thing you want are our teaching notes. They've got the Bible verses we're looking at today. Uh, They've got some fill in the blanks. My hope would be that we would take these and we would chew on it. We would process it. You'd engage with your housemates, with your spouse, with your kids, that today would actually be the launching point for a bigger conversation that you would be having with God and with your community this week. So go ahead and get that ready. And boy, it is a great Sunday to be joining us because we're launching a brand new series today called Weird because normal isn't working. Uh, Here's what you need to know about, uh, yeah, you can clap. It's going to be fantastic. Here's what you need to know about an intro to a teaching series at New Life. The way we like to do it is something like this. Uh, I want to cast some vision. I want to get us excited. I want to kind of throw the hook out and try to hook you. And my hope today would be that you would leave here thinking about a topic, that you would leave here with more questions than answers, uh, that you would leave here thinking, boy, uh, I don't feel like he buttoned that up because my goal would be to leave it wide open for us so that you would want to come back next week. Here's how we do it. Over the fall, we're going to just dig into this series because at New Life, uh, we like to slow cook things. We like to marinate things. We like to, we like to crock pot our messages because we feel like the crock pot tastes way better than the microwave. So I don't button it all up in one week. I want to kind of spread it out. So when you walk into this church, you're smelling it. You're thinking weird. You're salivating over weird. Uh, I I want you to come in and just have your mouth dripping for weird because when we open up this crock pot, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to taste good. 
It's going to taste good in your life. It's going to taste good in your family. It's going to taste good in your finances. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be a good kind of weird, uh, kind of like having corn salsa, if you know what I'm talking about. It's a good kind of weird. We don't know why it works, but it does. So get ready for this series. It's going to be so fun. Uh, how many of you are like me? And you can raise your hand. I promise I won't call on you, but how many of you are like me? Uh, I love the beach. I grew up in Southern California. I love the beach. Go ahead. Be proud of that. I love the beach. It was like 65 degrees at the beach yesterday. My family was there for five hours just sitting out there. Uh, Maria's in a sweatshirt. I'm in my board shorts up to here in the freezing water. I love, I love the beach. And uh, I was lucky this year, right after Easter, we had a really nice weekend. So I took my family to the beach. And one of the things I love to do with our six-year-old Maddie and our four-year-old Landon is we love to dig holes together. And so I, I bought a little shovel about this, about this high and everyone's told me, when you're digging holes, you want to have the correct posture. You want to bend at your legs. You don't want to be on uneven ground. You want to really dig in nice and low and lift with the legs. But it was a little bit uneven at the beach that day. And I started digging in, and I was at an angle, and my, my knees weren't bending that much. I was going with my back, and I dug down, and it couldn't have been more than about the fourth or fifth shovelful. I dug down, I scooped, I pulled, my back popped, and pain just radiated across my back, as I herniated my disc in my back. So, so painful. And it has been 20 weeks since that faithful Saturday. 20 weeks of physical therapy and exercise five days a week in chiropractic, and I'm just now back to about 90%. And here's one thing I can tell you for sure. Next time, I'm going to listen to people about how to dig the right way at the beach. Next time, I'm going to bend with my legs. Next time, I'm going to use a grown-up shovel. Next time, <laughs> next time, I'm just going to have Maria dig the hole. I think that's what I, I learned. Can I get an amen for women's rights? <laughs> now, hear me out. It's all good and well to talk about next time to learn from our mistakes. But what if we didn't have to wait until next time? What if we didn't have to wait until our next marriage? Until our next kid? What if we didn't have to wait until our next job? What if we didn't have to wait to cut up our credit cards next time? What if we didn't have to wait and say, well, I'm going to date for more than three weeks before I get married next time? Imagine how much better your life would be if we could figure out a way to get it right this time. This marriage, this child, this job, this round of finances. Imagine how much more enjoyable my last 20 weeks would have been if I had listened to the wisdom of others this time instead of waiting till next time. Now, I've heard people say, and if you've said this before, I don't mean any disrespect. I've heard people say to me, well, I wouldn't trade any of my mistakes because they made me the person that I am today. You know, that the, the, the bitter, full of heartache, you know, sad, full of regret person I am today. Uh, now, that's, that's all well and good for a bumper sticker. It looks really nice on the back of your beat-up car. And it's really, really nice on Facebook with a sunset behind it. You know, I wouldn't trade. But that is just, it's just really bad logic. Okay? 
somebody has to pay the dumb tax in life, but it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you. What if we could learn from the wisdom of someone else who's already paid the dumb tax so we didn't have to live with the regret, the heartache, the pain, the needless hurt this time? Here's the amazing thing about God. This is why in New Life, every week is a good news sort of week. Because here's the amazing thing about God. He knows the way the world works. God created it. So he knows the way the world works, and God believes in you. God believes that armed with the right information about the way the world works, and armed with God's Spirit living in each of us, we can actually get it right this time. That we don't have to learn from the mistakes and get it right next time. That we don't have to deal with needless pain and regret and heartache and frustration that comes with our next times. In fact, God believes in us so much that God placed an entire book of the Bible just to tell us how to get it right this time. And that's the book that we're going to be exploring through this fall. It's called the book of Proverbs. And it's written primarily uh, by a Jewish king named Solomon, who was a king who followed after God. And, and as the story goes, God offered Solomon anything he wanted, riches, fame. And Solomon said, I want, I want wisdom. I want the wisdom to get it right this time. And God gave Solomon wisdom. And in fact, many believe that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. Kings and queens from all over the ancient world would travel to Solomon just to sit at his feet and gain from his wisdom. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon describes to us the way that life is intended to work. Proverbs is a book that contrasts the wise versus the foolish. It's not a list of, of rules it's simply a book describing to us the way that life works so we can get the most out of our life this time. And when Solomon wrote this book, it was really a book of common sense. Everyone would say that, you know, that makes a ton of sense. And you and I are going to see as we study Proverbs that a lot of what Solomon says makes good, solid sense. But here's the thing. When we leave this room and go back out to real life, we're going to see that this common sense of Solomon is uncommon sense in the world today. That people, by and large, aren't fully engaging with this kind of common sense. In fact, if you and I choose to engage in this series, and boy, I'm praying that every single one of us will, because I think it's the best thing for us. If we choose to engage in this series, we are going to look uncommon. We're going to look abnormal. We're going to look, we're going to look weird. But let's be honest. We've done normal. Normal isn't working all that well. Why not try weird for a while? Next time is normal. Living like everybody else in our neighborhood, in our company, at our school is normal. But God is like a perfect, powerful, always present, completely loving Heavenly Father. And like any good parent, God doesn't want normal or average for his kids. God wants better than average for us. I played soccer growing up, and so it's been one of my great joys that my six-year-old Maddie decided to play soccer this year. And she had her first game on Saturday, and I'm her coach. We are the Rosie Pandas. It's very exciting. 
and I liked soccer, and I was pretty good. And so I wanted for my daughter better at soccer than I was, better than I had. And we don't keep score in the soccer game, so I can't tell you exactly how many goals she scored. But um, she, she did pretty good. And as her dad, I was so happy for her, so happy for her that she is excelling in something. And as, as your perfect, powerful, loving, present Heavenly Father, God is so wanting for you and I to experience a full life of freedom and joy and purpose, a life that's free of re- needless regret and pain and heartache this time. And so he gave us Proverbs to help us get it right. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to zoom out today, and we're going to take a big picture perspective or survey of what Proverbs teaches us about wisdom, big picture. And then over the course of this fall, we're going to get very specific about what God says in terms of wisdom in certain areas of our life. Marriage, work, finances, friendship, integrity, honesty. So here's what, here's what God says about wisdom. If you're uh, following along on your notes, you'll see the Bible verse there. You can follow along on the screens. Uh, you can pull up your electronic device or go old school and grab your Bible. There it is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. The author says, blessed are those who, and I want you to circle, underline, put an emoticon next to those next two words. Blessed are those who find wisdom. We're going to come back to that. Blessed are those who find wisdom, who gain understanding, because she, wisdom, is more profitable than silver, and wisdom yields a better return than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing we desire in this world, that's a big claim, nothing we desire in this world compares to wisdom. Verse 16 says, Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. The ways of wisdom are pleasant. Her paths are peace. She is like a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast to her will be blessed. And here are the two big ideas on wisdom from the book of Proverbs. The first is this. Wisdom must be pursued. Way back up at the beginning, it says, blessed are those who find, who seek, who pursue wisdom. I remember when we first brought our oldest, Maddie, home from the hospital. In the hospital, she was amazing. She, she was awake during the day, just making those soft noises. She would sleep through most of the night. And then here, there was this crazy thing. When she cried at night, a nurse would come running in and say, let me take her for you for a few minutes. I was like, well, if you insist. So we slept all night. It was great. I'm not joking. The minute we got her into the car and strapped her into that seat, it's like she was possessed. Something happened to my beautiful, sweet, quiet daughter. She started screaming. Something happened to every other driver on the road as well. They were going way too fast. And I got Maddie home, and it just kept on going. There was fluid and blood and liquid coming from everywhere in her. And, and I didn't know what to do. So no joke, I called the advice nurse at the hospital and said, uh, do you guys have like a return policy? Or what do I do about this kid? Because I had no idea what to do. So here's what I did. I grabbed a bunch of books and started reading about parenting. I found some friends who were a little further along in their journey, and I pursued them for the sake of gleaning from their wisdom. Because when it comes to parenting, as in every other area of life, wisdom 
does not just fall down from the heavens and land on us. We don't just absorb it. We have to seek wisdom. Solomon is saying, do you want to be wise? There are two ways to gain wisdom. One, when we look at people who are wise, maybe someone who's more seasoned in life, who's had a few more trips around the sun than you have, they've gained their wisdom in one of two ways. One, they've made mistakes, they've paid their dumb tax, and they've learned from it. And they said, I'm not going to make that mistake again. But they still have all the pain and heartache of the mistakes they made. But the second way, the way that God would choose for us, is to seek wisdom from people who have gone before us. Solomon would say, you don't have to pay the dumb tax for your life. You can seek the wisdom of someone who's already gone before you. I look around our church and I see so many of us who are young, teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. And I look around our church and I see so many of us who are a little more seasoned in our life, 60s, 70s, 80s. And if you're young, here's what I would say. Seek out someone who's older. Take them out to coffee. Take them out to breakfast. Take them out to lunch. And seek their wisdom. The church is one of the few places in the world where we have the opportunity to be a multi-generational community. That means that we have birth all the way through the end times in life. And for those of us who are young, we have an incredible opportunity. And that is to seek the wisdom of those who have gone before us. And I would tell you, if you're young, meet somebody in the lobby who's older than you. Don't squander the opportunity of the church by only being with people who are your same age and stage. We are missing out on the wisdom of the generations. Two weeks ago, I had the privilege of going to sit uh, at breakfast with our 50-plus group, and it was so fun uh, for so many reasons. One, they paid for breakfast, which is lovely. She said they got a discount. That's awesome. That's true. It was great. I like to go from time to time and be with our 50-plus crew because there's so much wisdom in that group. And I was sharing with them something that I actually haven't shared with the church, some ideas I have for the fall about how to better pastor and lead our community. And someone in the group said to me, well, Pastor Kevin, have you thought about, and they laid something out that I had honestly never thought about that will make this fall so much better for you. But had I not sat down with this group of people who have more wisdom than me, I would have missed it. Not because I'm dumb, but simply because I lack the experience that they have. So I would just encourage us, let's take advantage of this multi-generational, beautiful, messy community that we have by seeking the wisdom of those who are older than us. Because if we don't run after wisdom, we will not naturally gain it. And on top of seeking community, what if we also sought the wisdom of God? from this book of Proverbs that's thousands and thousands of years old, from someone who was wise, who went before us, who we can learn from. If we seek wisdom, here's the payoff of Proverbs. If we apply God's wisdom to our daily lives, Proverbs tells us it will pay huge dividends over time. And that's the key, over time. One wise decision will not change our lives. One wise decision in one area of our lives will not change our lives. But wise decisions over time will create the blessing of God in our lives. Look at the benefits over the long haul of choosing wisdom. If you go back up to verses 16 through 18, the author gives us a number of benefits. Long life, if we choose wisdom. We can experience riches and honor and a pleasant life if we choose wisdom. There's peace 
in wisdom. How many of us would like a little peace as we head into the holidays? There's peace as we choose wisdom. The wise life is a blessed life. Now, here's the thing about Proverbs that I'll try to remind us about over and over again throughout this series. Proverbs are not promises. You can't do it and have a guarantee that, that something will happen. Proverbs are, are more like a general rule. Most of the time, the author says, if you choose A, you will get B. Most of the time, if you live wisely in this area of your life, this is what you can expect. So here's what I would say. Do you want to hedge your bets this fall? To have less heartache, less regret, less pain, more joy, more peace, more blessing, more resource. Do you want to hedge your bets? If you do, choose wisdom. Because generally speaking, if we choose wisdom, over time, we experience the blessing of God. And boy, that's why I want us to explore Proverbs this fall. Because if I could just talk to you candidly for a second. As your pastor, it is, it's my privilege, one of my greatest privileges is to pray over your prayer requests every week. Myself, our pastoral team, and our prayer team, we pray every week over each of your prayer requests, and I love doing it. I love going before God on your behalf. I really do. But it breaks my heart to read some of our prayer requests and see the needless pain and the needless heartache that we're experiencing because of a history of foolish choices. I love being in the lobby and and talking to you, meeting you, hearing your story. But can I tell you, sometimes it breaks my heart to hear about the pain you're going through right now that you don't have to go through. To hear about the regret that you're experiencing that you just don't have to experience. I read about wrecked marriages. I read about digging ourselves into financial pits or getting into, into destructive hatter, ha- habits and addictions that are just, that are killing us. And it breaks my heart because we don't need to go there. Here's the great news of God. God can redeem us and meet us right where we are. If you're here and you feel like, boy, I've already made so many choices that all I have is regret in my life, the great news of God is God can take you right where you are, draw you to himself, and redeem and restore your life. That you can look back and you'll be able to see God's hand changing and transforming you. That's the promise of God. But here's another promise of God. You don't have to continue on this path. Your next 30 years can be your best 30 years. God can take you from this point and change everything. I believe this fall, if we choose wisdom together, I believe it could save some of our marriages. I really do. I believe it could, it could heal some broken relationships with our kids or with our parents. I believe it could change some of our financial futures for our families and the legacy we leave. So here's what I'm asking each of us to do this fall. I want us to enroll in the School of Wisdom. Those of us who have kids that are school age, we forced them to re-enroll in school this fall. Summer's over, baby. Get back to it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. What if we re-enrolled in the School of Wisdom this fall? What if we humbled ourselves this fall? 
And when we rub up against topics where we disagree with God, what if we humbled ourselves and asked this question every Sunday? Could God be right? Could, could, could God be right? And then we lived out the answer to that question. So I'm asking you as your friend and pastor, be here for the series. Engage with us this fall. We're going to do a 10-week series. The reason we're doing 10-week series is I want us to reframe the way we think about life. And it takes time for us to reframe that in our minds. Like I said, I like to slow cook. I like to crock pot. We like to marinate. Pop-tarts are good in the microwave, but pop-tarts aren't going to sustain you forever. You know what I'm talking about? We need some meat. We need some potatoes. We need some stew this fall. So we're going to have a wisdom stew. We're going to get into it. I would just ask you, every week you're in town, would you be here? Last week we talked about calendaring. And if you, if you missed last week and you feel like, boy, this fall is already coming and I'm already, I'm already booked this fall, go back to our website, listen to last week's message. Because one of the things I said was our calendars are a tool to help us become the people that we really want to be. And part of becoming that person is blocking out on Sunday mornings, either 8.30, 10 or 11.30 on your calendar every week you're here so we can have a regular infusion of God into our lives. So I would ask you to be here for the entire series and dive into it. Don't miss anything if possible. And then I want us to get into life groups. And if you're new at New Life, life groups are just these small groups of people, anywhere from 10 to about 15 people. We gather together weekly for a set period of time, about 10 weeks. We take the message and we just kind of chew on it. We form friendship groups. We get to know each other. We have fun together. We chew on the things we're learning. And I'm calling our life groups this fall, I'm calling them our, our wisdom study groups. Okay? I, I want everyone to get in a wisdom study group because it's one thing to hear information. And this is good. It'll help us. But boy, we go to a whole nother level when we get in these small groups and start talking about the things we're learning, asking questions where we can cheat off of each other's experiences, pay, let, learn from their dumb tax, and get it right the first time. I'm telling you, small groups will be key to taking your journey to a whole nother level. So in a few weeks, when we start promoting our fall life groups, I just want every one of us to dive in, to join a group. Not only will you form some friendships that'll be key to transforming your life, but boy, it will it will help us take this journey to another level. Maybe some of you are like me. People join study groups for one of two reasons. One, because they're the smartest kid in the class and the teacher forces them to. Or two, because they're like me and they need to learn from somebody smarter. Right? How many of you are the other one, the me version? We got into study groups to learn from the wisdom of other people and the smart kid hated us for it. But we did better because of it. Okay, there's nothing wrong. Get into the group. Cheat, cheat. Have a good time. Let's just assume for a second that every one of us, 600 of us or so who call New Life home on a regular basis, let's just assume we re-enroll in the School of Wisdom this fall with God as our instructor. Here's the great thing about God. He's an easy instructor. He even gives us open book tests, which is very exciting. (laughs) Open book tests. Man, I was really hoping for more. God gives us open book tests. He gives us, he gives us a community of people to take the journey with, study buddies to learn from, to grow with. And then most importantly, God gives us his spirit living in us. Those of us who have a relationship with God, God's spirit lives in us. And Jesus tells us that his Holy Spirit, the spirit living in us, does among other things, two very important things for this journey. One, God's spirit leads us to truth. 
So when we get in here and we start asking, could God be right? It's God's spirit that resonates with our spirit that says, yes, God is right on this topic. And the other thing God's spirit does is God's spirit empowers us to live the truth that we're experiencing. This journey will be good for every single one of us, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, because God knows the way life works, and when we live God's way, life works better. But just trying this on our own will only get us so far. God wants complete freedom for us, and that happens when we engage with God in a personal relationship with him, and when God's spirit is living in us, because God's spirit empowers us to live out the truth that we're learning. So I want you to take this journey with me. And here's the warning. If you do, your life will look different. You will look weird. You're going to start making different choices, different actions. It's going to change things for us. And people are going to look at you and say, wow, that, you're different than you were five weeks ago, six weeks ago, ten weeks ago. You're acting kind of weird. But can I just say weird? Weird isn't so bad. We've all done normal. And if you're not getting what you want with normal, let's try weird. Some of the greatest women and men in history were weird. My great-grandfather was a photographer and an inventor, and he invented the photo finish. And the photo finish is used in horse races and car races. When they cross over the line, sometimes it's too close to see with the human eye. So uh, a camera takes a shot, and you can see exactly who won. He was an incredibly uh, talented man. And one day, he was out on the coast, and he met two brothers, the Wright brothers. And they said to him, if you will take a picture of us with our plane— We'll take you up in it. And he was faced with an, an amazing opportunity be one of the first people in the United States to fly in a plane. And here's what my great grandfather said to them He said, I will take your picture, but if man was meant to fly, God would have given him wings. And he passed on the opportunity of a lifetime. He saw the Wright brothers and he thought, those guys are weird. And aren't we glad that they are? In about a month, Pastor Ron and Gordon and I are flying to India. One leg of our trip is 15 hours and 40 minutes in a tube flying from here to Dubai. I am so thankful that the Wright brothers got it right. Because it would be a long trip to India without those weird guys. People who make great contributions in their school in their workplace, in their family. They're weird. They just see things differently. And it's that difference that makes all the difference for them. I think we're, we're tired of normal. I think our church is ready to get weird. I want to give weird a try this fall. I just want to see what God does. It's an experiment in weirdness. And as I thought about it, we're not the inventors of weird. In fact, Christianity is weird from all other world religions. If you take the scope of world religions you'll find that the majority of world religions say that we have to get to God. We have to measure up to God. Our right has to outweigh our wrong. Our good has to outweigh our bad. Our morality has to outweigh our immorality. And we need to march our way up to God. The problem is, if you've ever tried to do that, we all know we cannot march our way to perfection. And so God did something different from all other world religions. God said, I'm not going to force the people to come to me. I'm going to come to them. And so Jesus, who was God in the flesh, who was from the beginning of time, who created the world, who knows the way the world worked, God 
in the flesh, left heaven and came to earth on the greatest rescue mission in the history of the world. He came to us when we couldn't get to him. And Jesus lived a perfect life. And then he gave his life on a cross to pay the penalty for our sin. And that's that thing that had separated us from God. It's those choices to say and do and think things and dwell on things that are hurting us and hurting those around us. And ultimately, they keep us from a morally perfect God. Jesus took the penalty for our sin, which was death, when he gave his life on a cross. And then Jesus rose from the dead, and he broke the power of sin and death and destruction so that we could experience the freedom of God. Christianity is a weird religion. And I'm so thankful that God is a weird God. That he didn't look at the world the way everyone else did and leave us down here to our own devices, but that God came to us so that we can have a relationship with him. And if you're here today and you've never entered into a personal relationship with God, where you know him, where you're known by him, where you've experienced his forgiveness in your life, where you know God is like a personal, powerful, loving, heavenly father who is guiding you on this journey. He's not some distant deity sitting over there shaking his finger at you. If you've never come to know God like that, I want to give you a chance today to encounter the God of the Bible. In a minute, we're going to pray, and I'm going to give you a chance to pray along with me a prayer of commitment to God, where you would say, God, I'm done living by myself, for myself. I want to live with you and for you. I want to experience your forgiveness in my life and your friendship on this journey, and I want to seal my eternity with you. It's the best decision you could ever make because when we do that, God forgives us. He fills us with his Holy Spirit so we can live out the things we're learning, and he secures a place for us in eternity. It's the best decision you could ever make with your life. And boy, I pray every week that someone will be here today, and you'll be ready to make that decision. And here's the great thing about God. Virtually every week, someone or two or three or five people in our community start this journey with him. And it is life-changing and eternity-shaping. So I'm going to pray. First, I want to pray for all of us as we start this journey together. This fall could be the fall that changes lives. And then I want to pray for you specifically and give you a chance to commit your life to God if you never have. So would you join me? Let's close our eyes and let's pray together. As a community, we are gathered together, Lord, expecting to meet with you this fall, excited to partner with you this fall, and humbling ourselves each day to ask this question, could you be right, God? And Holy Spirit, would you give us the ability to live out the wisdom of your word? And in this process, would you change and transform our thinking and through changing and transforming our thinking, would you change and transform our living so that we could experience the life of freedom and fullness and joy and passion and blessing that you promised to your kids? God, I would ask that this fall you would, through this series, that you would save some marriages, that you would restore broken relationships, that you would give hope to those of us who are experiencing apathy, uh, apathy and hopelessness, that you would bring joy and a renewed sense of purpose. God, would we be different because we've encountered you? 
as we continue to pray, if you're here and you're ready to commit your life to God, to walk in relationship with him and experience his forgiveness in your life, you can repeat this simple prayer after me. Just whisper it where you're sitting. You can say, Lord God, I believe that you love me and that you gave your life to pay the penalty for my sin. And I want to have a relationship with you. So will you forgive me of my sin? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And would you show me what it looks like to walk every day in partnership with you? I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.